You're listening to Self-Publishing Journeys, the weekly podcast for all new and aspiring self-published authors. Stand by for tips, resources, hints, and practical techniques to help you on your own self-publishing journey. Meet indie authors at different stages of their writing careers and hear how they manage to get their own books published and making sales. For show notes, web links, and useful resources, please head to selfpublishingjourneys.com. Now, here's your show host, self-published author and digital marketer, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Self-Publishing Journeys, episode number 106 for Monday the 12th of March, 2018. My guest on today's show is Sarah Hardy, a blogger at By The Letter Book Reviews and a book publicist for Bloodhound Books. She organises blog tours as well as promoting books on social media. Recently, Sarah read and reviewed my Don't Tell Meg trilogy. I was amazed at the community that's based around book blogging and wanted to find out more about it. The number of retweets was quite incredible. Sarah's reviews were reposted by her entire network of fellow book bloggers, and it all helped to create amazing web traffic and visibility. When we chatted for the podcast, I began by asking Sarah where her love of books began. It's just something that I've always enjoyed doing since, ever since I was obviously young child it's um just my memories are basically always with my head stuck in a book I mean I can remember once um where we used to live um in this small village in Scotland at the time um the school was literally across a field so I used to come home for lunchtime um, and I remember one day I just got that engrossed in a book that I think literally two hours had passed and my mum's like, what are you still doing here? You should have been back at school ages again. Um, but I used to just get that, you know, thrown into the book and um, just totally lost myself. And it's just that love of reading's never, ever gone away. And so as a child, were you surrounded by books? Oh, God, definitely. Yes, I had um, my own bookcase, um, which I would constantly reread. Um, all the books all the time, which sadly I just don't seem to have the chance to do nowadays. But as a child, um, I used to reread. That's how often I would read. I'd reread all the books that I would had, as well as going to the library once a week to get new books. It's interesting that you mentioned the library there, because with so many libraries closing or going down to part-time hours, I think there are so many uh, children whose love of books came from uh, going to the local library and having that wonderful librarian who would select books for you did, did you experience that it was something that it was, it was um, like me and my dad time on a, on a Saturday he would take me to the local library um, because we had a shared interest in is it the Asterix and Obelix books oh yes um, yeah so we I would get them and he would read them after me <laughs> um, so it was just something that we used to do every week but I've got to admit sadly it's not something I've really done with my own children um I think we just have such more probably more busier lifestyles nowadays um than we did when we were growing up um so I think your parents had more time in a weekend to spend um with you whereas um nowadays especially with retail and a lot of types of work um a lot of people tend to be working weekends and stuff so there's just not that time to you know obviously get to places and like you said with a lot of them closing down they're not as easily accessible Though, of course, we've got uh, phones and, and Kindle readers, and I noticed reading uh, on your blog, your About Me sections, you, you seem to have come quite late to Kindles. I did. It's something that I always swore that I would never, ever have one. I didn't think anything could beat um, a book based a physical book and then my husband surprised me I think it's literally about four years ago now um with a, a Kindle for Christmas so I thought because obviously I bought it I would give it a try and I've never looked back I absolutely love it if anything now I prefer reading on a Kindle than I do a physical book yeah we all swear blind that we'll never touch one but the minute we've got one they're amazing aren't they <laughs> oh they're brilliant I mean god on holiday um, the amount of times I, I mean I'm a quick reader anyway um, and on holiday I've, I've been known to take like six seven books with me and I run out and I'm like practically begging people you know if I can borrow their books because I've you know I've not got anything left to read so the fact that you can have hundreds obviously at your fingertips and it can be carried around with you anyway is just brilliant now, clearly your own blog uh, focuses on, on sort of thrillers, uh, crime books. I, did, yes. I was interested to spot that you, you very uh, clearly say uh, on your websites that there is one genre you don't like, and that's sci-fi. Um, is that a complete no-go area for you? I mean, I probably have read the odd one in the past, but it's definitely something that I've never, even films and stuff, I'm not quite 
bite into them um, like some people seem to be. It's just a Jenna that um, I think I have read a couple of times and I, I may have enjoyed the on, odd one, but it's not something that would excite me. You know, if somebody was coming to me and say, right, I've got this book, it just whereas like crimes and that lot, you know, you, you read in the um, description, it's like, oh, wow, yeah, this is something that I really, really want to read. When I pick up a sci-fi, I just it's not something that I get a, that buzz about usually. So um, where did you get your love of thrillers and crime and, and, and murders from? I think it's specifically for you psychological thrillers, though, isn't it your favourite? Psychological thrillers are certainly my favourite, but I do love the detective ones also. Um, I mean, I suppose like most teenagers, it started off with horror books to start with. Um, I was a massive Stephen King um, fan in my teens, so that's where, you know, probably maybe the murders and, you know, um, the psychological part comes into it. But then I actually got into, there used to be, I think, is it a true crime magazine that used to come out? I can't remember if it was every week or every month. Um and it was just like you could actually get folders for these magazines to sit in. Um, and obviously it was cover, obviously, you know, every well-known, obviously, well, sort of like serial killer. Um, and I just found that absolutely fascinating. And I think that's why I started then going down the avenue of the detective um, crime series. And, I mean, as well, growing up, the Agatha Christie Um Obviously, you know, who couldn't <laughs> not kind of like fall in love with Agatha Christie books? Yeah, you can't be a good Agatha Christie. Did you, did you, um, were you into any Blighton? Because I always think that's a good place to start for thrillers. Oh, gotcha, yeah, yes. Mm. As a child, yes, yeah, definitely one of her. Um, I loved the, um, is it Famous Five and also is it The Secret Seven it was? That's right, yep, yep. Yeah, loved both of them, as well as obviously the ones um, that she did upside. But um, yeah, oh, they were a favourite, but I think you tend to kind of like forget about them. It's one of them things where it's like somebody says about it, it's like, oh God, yes, I remember that now. <laughs> <laughs> she's got a lot to answer for, as Jeannie Blyton. She's, she's, I think, spawned generations of readers, but also of crime writers too, because that's where I started as well, I think. Oh, d- definitely. I think, I mean, it's like I remember, you know, I mean, obviously at that age, you didn't have all the technology, so you would be out playing and you pretend with your friends that obviously that, you know, somebody that lived local to you was a murderer. <laughs> you know, you, you, you'd be like doing investigations and stuff, but obviously, unfortunately, real life was quite boring. <laughs> it, it's it's a really funny genre to, to get into. I was discussing with a friend the other day and had a great idea for a way to kill people uh, and, and find people to kill. And you're there discussing these things like it's a perfectly normal thing to do. <laughs> and it really isn't. It's, 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 if, if somebody were monitoring your emails or your discussions, I think they'd be quite concerned sometimes. Oh, they do. Because sometimes you think it's like, is there such a thing as a perfect murder? And when obviously you read any of the books or you watch any of these crime shows or whatever, it's obviously the main people. Well, they always say that it's always somebody close to the person that is usually the murderer. So I always think, well, what happens if I was just to randomly kill somebody? <laughs> you know, surely I could get away with it. Well, you know, I, when I was reading about you, I, I, I saw that you run a, a carpet shop. Is that right? I used to. We oh. just basically shut it last year. But yes, um, yes, we had a small carpet shop. Because that's a great place to hide a body, isn't it? In a carpet? <laughs> I don't know. I think it probably smell or the blood would probably seep through after a while. So, yeah, probably not um, recommended, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a specialist knowledge on this, but when I was reading about that, I was thinking, hmm, that's a great way to sneak a body out of a building in a carpet there in, in the back oh, of the Oh, definitely, van. yeah. To actually get rid of the body, to get it out somewhere, then yes, definitely, because um, <laughs> some of the carpets or whatever can look very, very big and heavy, so um, you just need the strength to be able to actually lift it out there. <laughs> so we I should, need help. <laughs> we should take up stamp collecting or something. It's much healthier for our minds, I think. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, yes. Yes, I think you get a warped mind a little bit by reading all these books. You definitely do, because it, in... Um... Well, you'll know because you've read it recently in my Don't Tell Meg book. Um, there's a way yes. that somebody's murdered in a hotel room there uh, during a fight scene. I won't say what it is, but I, I remember getting a review on that with somebody saying uh, that's the most original way I've ever seen of somebody uh, dying in a book, um, which uh, which I took as a great compliment because, um, you know, people who read thrillers have heard, seen and heard it all, haven't they, with murders, poison, pushed off buildings, absolutely everything you can think of. So I, I was yeah. quite uh, quite pleased with one. What were the original sort of murders um, stick out in, in, in your mind? What Can you, can you think of anything off the top of your head? There's some good ones, aren't there? It's quite a good one sometimes. I think there's one um, by Netta Newbound. Um, it was the very first book I ever read of hers. I think it's called Impossible Dilemma. And um, 
I won't go into the storyline too much because it'll probably spoil it for the people that haven't read it, but um, the, basically the woman um, lives on a farm and the way that she got rid of the bodies was to feed the bodies to the pigs, which is something that I'd never come across. And I was like absolutely shocked, but yeah, I, like it thrills you as well. <laughs> That's a weird thing, you know, it's like, you know, you're shocked and horrified, but it's like, Oh my God, I love it. You know, this is, this is fantastic. I've never read anything like this before. <laughs> it, it was a new way to me to get rid of a body. <laughs> yeah, pigs are devils. They eat anything. Um, so uh, yeah, pig, pigs are a great way of getting rid of bodies. I haven't used that one yet, having said that. So <laughs> it throws a whole new light on pinky and perky and things like that, though, doesn't it? You know, these... It does, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's supposed to be definitely, it's a lot harder, apparently, for the police to kind of like find any <laughs> evidence afterwards. So it's like, you know, thinking, but it's the first time I'd ever read it in a book. And then since then, I've seen it in a couple more. But um, yeah, the first time I came across it, it was like, wow. You know, <laughs> yeah, I think it, it does. And this is the reason why I like the psychological thrillers, because it gives you, um, it's that, I think, that shock or the thrill. You know, you read something and it like it horrifies you, but yet it thrills you at the same time. I'm interested to know, with your very wide experience of reading so many books, what would you categorise as a, you know, psychological thriller? Say, compared with uh, crime or just a normal thriller, what what unique elements do psychological thrillers have? Do you think? Because that's that's kind of what I'm writing, rather than crime. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on what you did. In fact, well, I think some people, psychological, it's, it's just something that's going to mess with your head to a certain extent. Um, but I love the ones, I mean, where they have the taglines where it's like, you know, there's a shocking twist or something that you're never going to guess. It's kind of like that guarantees me that I'll buy it. But then the only problem is, is that if it doesn't shock or, you know, mm. I do get it, then it kind of like ruins it. So sometimes you're better off not knowing. Um, but I just like something that kind of like messes with your head where you're reading things. I mean, some of the best books um, is, is like Claire McIntosh's I, is I Let You Go. Mm. The one where it's like you're reading it and then it's like I had to go back a couple of pages because I couldn't quite take in what I'd read. And the same as um, Lisa's Halls, Between You and Me, um, again, didn't see it coming whatsoever. And then when I got to it, I thought, oh, there's an error here. And I had to go back a couple of pages and reread it again before my brain could actually take in what I'd just been reading. Oh, excellent. You say, oh, I love all this stuff. It's great. <laughs> so you, you're obviously a voracious reader then. When, when did that sort of love of books then turn into the desire to write a blog? Um, I mean, to be fair, I mean, things that books kind of like went a bit low key when I got married with the children. The only time I'd ever really had time to read was obviously when I went on holiday. Um, but then when I got the Kindle, it kind of like just relightened, you know, how much I loved reading. So I really got back into reading again. But then it's it's the same thing where obviously you only tend to hear about obviously the authors that are, you see in the bookshops. Um, and obviously I started finding out that there was these book groups on Facebook. Um, and then the recommendations just started rolling in. Um, for these authors which you know bless them they're not with a publisher they're obviously trying to get the books out there um, and some of these authors the books are absolutely fantastic and you just think why are they not you know in these bookshops on the shelves flying off them um, and it's that made me want to get you know help basically get the authors and the books and shout about you know the ones that I loved um, so that's why I started the blog. I mean, blogging it was something, again, I'd never really come across until I joined these Facebook groups. Um, saw all these other bloggers doing it. And it was like, you know what? I want to do this. I want to be able to shout about the books that I love and the books that I've enjoyed um, and hopefully spread the word out to help these authors get their names out there. So how were you with the tech? Because it's the it's the setting up the site is usually the first hurdle that people have when they want oh, to do something like that. I am really not technically minded whatsoever. If anything, um, I'd heard it's there's a book called, uh, well, I think, again, I downloaded it to Kindle, um, by a lady called Sarah Arrow, and I think it's called Zero to Blogger in 30 Days. So there were certain things that I, I still can't do. Mm. <laughs> I try my best to have a go, but... The basics were there, um, and as much as sometimes I was ready to throw my laptop out the window because I just couldn't get things, but I persevered, um, and after 30 days, I was kind of like, I was pretty much there with the running of it all and the basics, um, and I just thought, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and just post me first, um, obviously blog, and just see how it goes, and to be honest, I've never looked back. 
So how, how did you get that going? Because, you know, anybody who's done this will know that you don't just write a post. You, somehow you've got to get it. It's like being an author. You've got to get it out there somehow. You've got to find uh, an audience. I'm just wondering how uh, you're already on Facebook groups by the sounds of it. Is that how you yes. kind of gave it wings? Yes, definitely. Social media is definitely, I think it's the place for businesses, for anybody. If you want to get anything out there nowadays, it's got to be on social media. Um, that's how people get noticed. Um, so, yes, the Facebook groups, I would share, obviously, my blog post in there. Um, and then, obviously, Twitter was something, again, that was totally new to me. I'd, I'd tried a good few years ago. Um, setting up an account didn't understand it whatsoever so kind of like left it but then I realized when I had the blog that it was quite important to have your Twitter um, and to be honest I mean I've got over 8,000 followers now you know I'm just like you know I can't believe that people want to follow me <laughs> but they do um, you know and I'm very grateful that they take the time to obviously you know like my posts or to even read them. I mean, if I even got only got one person to read a blog post to start with, you know, I would have been over the moon. But the fact that you know quite a few people seem to enjoy it is, um, it's just brilliant. That's a phenomenal number of people following a blog. Congratulations on that. That's really, you know, quite stunning. Well done. And the blog is called By the Letter Book Reviews. And I'm just wondering what what is the the remit for your blog you know in your in your head what what's the purpose of the blog is it is it thrillers or is it any kind of book i mean to be fair i do i do read a, a wide variety of books it doesn't stick with crime um you'll probably see that 80 to 90 percent of it is probably crime books um but i do enjoy the odd well chiclet or women's fiction um as well as some obviously true stories um, but my, my definite favourite is obviously the crime and the psychological thrillers. So you'll always probably see more of those than anything else on a blog. Who then reads a book blog? Well, who are your audience? I would say, I mean, you do get a lot of bloggers, definitely, because, I mean, the blogging community is a fantastic one to be part of. Um, obviously, we're, we're all mad on, we just love books, we're just mad about them. Um, and I think that's the thing, I mean, that's what gets you to even to buy other books, is because you'll read, um, obviously, their posts, and you can you get to know the books that you can, you, you know, the reviews, you can really tell that they love a certain book, and that really comes through on the reviews, so you just like, and you can kind of tell that, you know, other books that they've read that you've read and you've enjoyed so you know obviously that chances are you're going to enjoy the, the book that they've recommended so you definitely get a lot of book bloggers um authors as well you'll get authors read following your blogs and um, they'll obviously buy books on your recommendations um and yeah you get some readers as well but i would say that you get a lot of people that have blogs because they're on wordpress like i am it's very easy to follow as far as the um books are concerned do you just pick what you want to read or is there an element of people you know pitching you and asking you to read books as well oh but yeah when as soon as you start a blog to be honest you get unindated with um obviously emails from authors and publishers um wanting you to read their books so to be honest to start with um it was mainly just um obviously well it's still now to a certain extent it's people coming to me and me reading them. But then because over the last few years, I've obviously took a chance on a lot of books and stuff like that because it was new to me. I was just honoured that anybody would even ask me mm. to read and review their book on my blog. So, you know, I would pretty much accept every kind of like request that was coming in um, and read it and review. And like I said, I've discovered so many fantastic authors um, who I'm like, you know, a firm favourites now. So it's like, I don't even need to be asked. I would be heading out straight away to be buying the book as soon as it comes out. Um, obviously, I can't read as many as what I used to. So unfortunately, I have to be a bit more limited with um, what I take on. Um, so it tends to be more of a mixture nowadays of books that I'm reading for blog tours um, or ones that I've agreed to for authors, as well as obviously just books that I've bought myself and, I, you know, and I've enjoyed and I want to share on my blog. I've been astonished with the three reviews that you've done for me, and thank you very much again for doing that. But the um, the shares on Twitter are absolutely phenomenal. I've never seen anything like it. So you you post a review, and then before you know it, you've got must be twenty to thirty other people there. Uh, I mean, I just put it this way: when I went to thank everybody, I was exhausted after I'd done it. You know, you, you, <laughs> there's so many I've people. Got, yeah, I've got to admit, I've stopped thanking. Well, what I do is I just click like now because, to be honest, I could spend an hour of every each day just thanking everybody for sharing 
<laughs> so, you know, it's um, unfortunately, I just don't have that time anymore. So you'll tend to find that I just tend to like everything now on Twitter instead of like thanking them, which I feel awful because I do thank everybody. You know, I'm very grateful to everybody that shares. Um, but luckily, bloggers, they tend to know how it is themselves because, you know, Twitter is just fantastic. And like I said, the support that you get from bloggers and authors is just amazing. You know, it, sometimes you'll go on and you just can't believe the amount of notifications that are there for each blog post. It is absolutely stunning, and it, it's something really that I've only experienced through you doing reviews for my books. I know I've spoken to Graham Smith, who I know you know through through Bloodhound, uh, yes. about uh, blog reviews, and also to, to to Noel Holt as well about blog reviews as well and yes. tours. And I'm going to talk to you about that because it's something that hasn't sort of really been uh, on my radar till I came into your your sort of sphere. But I, you know, I've I've just never seen anything like it for for tweets and retweets. As an author, you know, that's every single tweet retweet that I'm getting there is going to people who like crime, people who like reading, and people who probably, you know, as a self published author, never heard of me, and unlikely to ever hear of me unless that happens. So it it is a, a great service. People must, you know, appreciate it. It's it's fab. Oh God, yes, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of authors out there that obviously, you know, the obviously not with a publisher so they've got nobody to kind of market the book or support them um so they're kind of like stuck with knowing what to do to how you know they've got this book but how do they get it out there um and you see so many of the authors in like a lot of the facebook groups you know asking what can i do to get the book out there and bloggers are really the, the way to go you know they're a fantastic you know they're just fantastic people regardless anyway i mean they, they are super busy that's the only thing so i would always say if you are approaching a blogger just check to make sure that you've read their review policy first because there's no point you know approaching somebody that likes chiclet when you've got a crime book and um, because obviously they're not going to want to read it um so you know it's kind of like getting to know a few of the bloggers what they like to read um and yeah they can really kind of like get a wide audience they can get your book across to a very wide audience out there and it's certainly something that i would always recommend to any author to try doing and the blog tours especially um yeah that you can get a phenomenal response from them yeah, I'm really interested in trying one of these. I must admit, you know, just just seeing how you will operate. I'm thinking I got to do this. I got to give this a try and see how it works. Um, so I'll talk. I'll talk to you about blog tours in a moment or two. I just wanted to ask you about uh, awards for the blog before that, because you've had um, you know public recognition now for your blog. What what sort of uh, award recognition have you had, and how does that make you feel? Um, well, there's been like a bloggers bash award, which I've won. I'm trying to think, is I've. I came first in two categories the first two years, and then I got second place on the third year, which that's kind of like, you know, I'm like, I'm kind of, well, I don't know. I mean, for me, I just feel like I'm a bit like a nobody, you know. I've seen, oh, yeah, I've only been doing it coming up for three years now this year. Um, so I'm, to me, I'm still like a relatively newbie. Um, and, uh, you know, you kind of like get that thing where you, you see other people's blogs and you're like, oh, I wish mine was as good as that. Um you know what it's like, you have so much doubt in your own mm. at times, but then to get this recognition, to see so many people, I mean, obviously for once they had to nominate you, then it's all the votes and you think, you know, that the people that voted for me and I've beat these other fantastic blogs, you know, I'm just like, wow, it's absolutely an amazing feeling. It really is. It's um, unbelievable just that, you know, there's so many people kind of like, you know, respect what you do. Um, that they take the time to vote for you. It's um, definitely, it's brilliant. Well, congratulations on that. I mean, after, you know, only three years doing it, that's an astonishing achievement because you feel that most people have to be there for years plugging away at this. And you've you've, you've come in and won awards and recognition already. You've got that amazing traffic. That's a, a pretty good achievement. You know, anybody who's tried blogging will know that. Oh, it is. It's, um, I think that's the hardest thing. I mean, it's at the end of the day, you know, people that are like they're very good at social media they know what they're doing and it's trying to learn and pick up things um i mean like with the twitter i would always recommend that obviously you tag the authors or you tag the publishers because otherwise you could your review could be going out then it's not reaching anybody because nobody knows you know you, you think it's like if you're really loved a book you want the author to know um so if you don't tag them unfortunately then chances are they may not see that review so always tag an author and the publisher to be fair um, and that tends to get it a lot more views as well yeah absolutely it's like tapping them on the shoulder isn't it and saying hey look i just wrote a review for you it's really good practice on twitter i think that tagging 
uh, strategy. Oh, definitely, yes. And the hashtag as well sometimes. I mean, um, I read a book for uh, just one that I bought. It was a Booker Cho book, and it was, I think, Louise Jensen. Um, really enjoyed the book, and I'd put a hashtag, and apparently I'd got it trending, and I was like, what? Oh, well done. <laughs> Yeah, it's just something. It's like, how do you even do that? So, you know, I've no idea how I've managed to do it, but you know, obviously Louise was absolutely thrilled, and it was like I was thrilled as well because obviously I'd made her day by getting a book trending. That's brilliant. I've never, never got anything <laughs> trending before. That's very cool. <laughs> now, also on your blog, um, you've got a little um, icon there that shows that you're a Net Galley member. So, can you just explain uh, what Net Galley is and, and how you are a member of it and what that involves? Yes, NetGalley is basically a website where um, obviously publishers and authors can obviously upload their book um, and basically readers, um, bloggers, um, I think there's obviously people from bookshops, librarians, they can all register um, and they can request these books. Um, so a lot of them, you're actually getting to read them and review them before the books are even out, obviously, for the public to buy. Um, so it can be kind of like quite an advantage for that because you're getting to read these books. That obviously people are dying to come out and to read themselves, but you're getting to obviously read them before all of these people. So it can have some, you know, good benefits, but you're not always, because you ha- you request them, you're not always likely to obviously get accepted. You can be declined and that can be quite <laughs> obviously upsetting sometimes when you get declined for a book that you really, really want. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> now, um, you, you spend your life life doing reviews and as we all know for authors reviews can be quite a sensitive issue because it's great when somebody likes your book but if they don't it can be very uh, very wounding for you so um and i I talked to noel about this as well you know because you are a professional reviewer and you more than anybody you know appreciates the sort of correlation between good reviews and publicity for an author and and probably what a terrible review can do for an author so if you picked up a, a book that you know really just didn't work for you would you even review it? Well, how would how would you treat that? No, but I've got to make Goodreads is like my bible. I have to obviously register every book on there so that I, just for one, I know that I've read it because the amount of times that I've um, gone to buy a book and I found I've already read it, um, or even started <laughs> a book and then realised I have read it already, um, it can be quite frustrating. So there's only Goodreads that I will tend to if it I've not enjoyed it, um, I will kind of like give it a one or two star but it's very few and far between i've got to admit because it's i know the type of books that i'll enjoy it's very rare that i will pick up a book um and, and it's not usually because it's a bad book or something like that it's just usually it's just not my cup of tea and that's why i've not enjoyed it so i will, would will never ever put a review on my blog for a one or something that I would give a one or two star it's got to be something that i've enjoyed or loved um, for me to feature it on my blog um, but the only other place that I would do it is on Goodreads obviously for blog tours and stuff like that anyway um, with organising them also they are a promotional tool um, so obviously what we would always say to bloggers and that lot is to come to us and let us know obviously if they're not enjoying the book um, prior um, to obviously you know going live with their review and because not everybody's going to enjoy the same book anyway so and that's the thing sometimes it's good to see why somebody may not have enjoyed it yeah i'm interested i mean you 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 just read so much and and so so widely you know are there is is it you know mainly that it's just not a book that works for you personally it's subjective or, or or do you really come across a lot of stinkers no, no, honestly, I can honestly say, I mean, I've had a few where I think there's only ever three books that I've not finished because I just couldn't get into them. Um, and some of these books, well, one of them was especially, you know, has been loved by a lot of people. Um, but it, whether I think sometimes I think your, your mood can also not help. Um, if, you know, I can remember once um, it's a James Patterson book. I've always loved all of his books. And there's, there's one that I picked up and I think it's called The Black Market. And for some reason, I just couldn't get past the first chapter. And I had that book sat in my bedside drawer for 10 years. And I kept picking it up, kept putting it down. And then all of a sudden, just one day, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to read it. I, I need to get past this first chapter. And I ended up getting past the first chapter and I absolutely loved it. It's interesting, it's interesting that you mentioned James Patterson, though, because I, I, I struggle with him. I really struggle to get through him. And, and you know, when you read somebody, you think, you know, this must be fantastic because I know I know how popular he is as an author. But I really I really struggle with him. And it's the first chapter that usually gets me, actually, to be honest with you. 
Same as you? Yeah, I, th- I think with his books, they're kind of like my ideal holiday reads. Um, they're kind of like something that's easy going. You're not having to really kind of like concentrate, if you know what I mean. You don't need to really like it's a lot of the detective books and stuff like that. You really need to sit down and concentrate and take in everything that you're reading. Whereas with his, for me, they're like an easy read. It's just something that kind of like the, the quick, the grabbier, um, and they're enjoyable. I know a lot of people can kind of like knock his books, but I've got to admit for me in the main, I've always um, read and enjoyed them. Um, there was just that literally that one book that, you know, like I said, for some reason, I think whether it was because to do with the storyline, it isn't something that I would normally go for. Um, but after I got past that first, like I said, chapter, I ended up loving it. Um, so I think I think I tell you another book, um, The Book Thief. Um, is one that I really struggled with the first half. I really was struggling, didn't enjoy it. But yet the second half, I absolutely loved it. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's funny how people react differently to books. Um, on your blog also, uh, this is quite an accolade, actually, when you think how many people use Goodreads. You are a top 1% reviewer on Goodreads, which must be, it just shows how much you read if you're a top 1% on Goodreads, because that's where real well, readers some go. People just, yeah, some people just don't believe how many books um, that, you know, people can read in a year. Um, I mean, the shop that we had, it was only a very small shop. Um, I worked in it on my own. Um, so some days you wouldn't get anybody in. Other days you'd get quite a few. But um, obviously we'd be sat there bored. So obviously I'd get my Kindle out. And um, I mean, in one year I read over 400 books. And people are like, there's no way you can read that amount of books in a year. And I'm like, well, must be because I have done. You know, I mean, an average book can take me between three to five hours um, to read. So, and I always, I've got to admit, I've stopped watching a lot of television now. Um, so, um, when I used to be at the shop or whatever, I'd maybe get a couple of hours in there if it was quiet. But then otherwise, I'd, I'd always spend about two to three hours on a night time reading. I always find um, reviews on Goodreads. I always reckon, as an author, that you, you generally go down one star on Goodreads. You know, so if it's a five on on Amazon, it tends to be a four on on Goodreads. Any any truth to that? Do you think people mark more strictly on Goodreads? I don't know. I mean, I, I've noticed that for some reason, a lot of people review on Goodreads, but then they don't on Amazon. I've seen books that have had maybe fifty reviews on Goodreads, and I think they've had literally about six or seven on Amazon, which I don't understand. Um, I mean, Goodreads. I've got to say, I prefer their rating, the star rating. Um, because I think like, is it five has loved it, um, four has enjoyed it, three I think has liked it, two is okay, and then one is obviously not for me. Whereas if Amazon, when you look at theirs, a four has just liked it, which is kind of like wrong because I mean four, I would say you strongly liked it, not just liked it. <laughs> you know, I mean five is a book that kind of like blows you away. It kind of you know it, you absolutely love it. Um, a four it's still a really really good book but there's just maybe something there that's not quite just giving it that final kind of like push um so i i mean i've got to admit i don't like the amazon rating i actually prefer the goodreads star rating to the amazon one hmm it's interesting yeah joe i'd never realized there was differentiation in the way they described the star ratings um so so there you go i've learned something um, from that because <laughs> i mean that that all sounds fair enough to me that's perfectly all right isn't it so um because the other thing i discovered recently is that when you do a book promotion the promotional sites will accept a book that's think about an average you know if it's got a certain number of reviews an average of 3.4 3.6 upwards now as an author yeah. you know i would be fairly sort of wounded if my book were average rated at that but it, but if book promoters think they can make a lot of sales still from a book that's ranked like that they must be okay i guess well, yeah, I mean, I know, I mean, it's um, from experience, a lot of authors, if you tend to give their book like a three star, I mean, this is why a lot of bloggers won't actually put a star rating on their blog, because a lot of authors get upset by having a three star. Three star is still a good book. Um, but I mean, I think it's the same as I suppose if it was me that had written a book um, and knowing that somebody hasn't loved it. Mm. Um, I think I think it's hard not to sort of like say that, yes, you wouldn't not kind of like be slightly disappointed that they haven't given you like the five or four star. But three is still a very, very good rating and it's definitely not to be disheartened um, by whatsoever. Let's talk about these blog tours then, because uh, I'm fascinated by these. I'm, I'm interested. Did you actually organise them? Yeah, I do. Yes. Ah, oh, right. Great. So, 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 can you explain for people who don't know what a blog tour is, what one is, and then how you would actually go about organising that? Yes. So, a blog tour is basically a virtual book tour, um, where basically 
um, the publisher or the blog tour organiser will approach bloggers, um, obviously let them know that they've got this book that obviously they're organising a tour for. Um, obviously they'll let them have the information obviously about what the book's about and who it's by, when it's going to be due out. Um, and hopefully you'll get so many on board. I mean, reviews are obviously the main thing that we tend to want on a blog tour because obviously the reviews are important, but... Um, sometimes it's good to have um, content or like guest posts or either whether it's an extract from the book, um, a guest post um, written by the author on kind of like, you know, maybe say a character out of the book or where the idea from the book came from. This is, you know, it's things that people are fascinated to read about. So sometimes it's good to have a bit of a, a mixture of things. Um, so basically you just get, say, usually we tend to start them on the day of publication day. Um there is a thing called a blog blitz that's going around at the moment, which kind of it's like more condensed into two or three days. So social media is kind of like more a bit. There's a bit more of a frenzy about it. Um, whereas we used to usually do like a seven day blog tour where you'd get a couple of our um, bloggers posting, obviously, well their review or the content, you know, each day over the seven days. Um, but the blog blitz certainly seems to be working a bit better because it seems to be, you, you tend to have maybe four or five people on each day um, obviously post and so it's like filling up Facebook and Twitter it can be a bit manic for authors obviously you know with the notifications but um, it certainly, certainly seem to be doing well and as an author, uh, might I be involved in, you know, Q&As and things like that as part yes, of that? Yes, yeah, Q&As as well, yes, do Q&As. I mean, I think the more input and the more active the authors are with it, the better, to be honest, anyway. And do you have to pay for this? I mean, it, you know, it takes time. There's a lot of coordination going on here and a lot of time just to actually read the book. Do, so is it a paid service? Usually, yes. I mean, obviously, the publishers, this is something that they tend to do for their authors regardless anyway. Um, so, obviously, that's not something the author would pay for. It's obviously something that's obviously, in theory, that's what my job, job is to do anyway, along with other things, obviously, for Bloodhound books. But, um, obviously, doing arranging the tours is something that I do regardless. Um, but you, there are blog tour organisers that are obviously, they're not employed by any publishers or, you know, basically a publisher can go to them or an author can go to them and it is a service that they would pay for. Right. And, and do the authors find these very effective? You know, I, with my kind of SEO hat on, I'm thinking this is this is fantastic to have reviews on all these wonderful sites with so much traffic because to me that's a perpetual sales machine on somebody else's site. Yes. Oh, yeah, the authors, I mean, love them. I, th I think it just gives the, a, a certain buzz um, on the day because otherwise yes sometimes you'll get the author shouting about their own book but I think you tend to find that um, obviously people will kind of like take more notice of somebody that hasn't written the book um, you know and when you've got quite a few people that are posting on the same day obviously without actually realizing I think you know say they're going on Amazon it'll kind of like oh yeah I remember seeing that book you know I've seen it in a group I've seen it mentioned um, and again, obviously, all the links from all the blogs and stuff like that, you just click in, it takes you directly to Amazon or to wherever so that you can buy the book. So it's, you know, so good. And um, do you have any, having sort of done so many of these, um, what sort of book promo tips have you have you learned from that? You know, what could you say to an author to just give yourself the best chance of making one of those work? Um, I think you've got to be, I always say that actively thank the um, the bloggers after once they've posted. Um, because, I mean, bloggers don't expect to be thanked, or, you know, for what they've done. But at the end of the day, you know, bloggers certainly don't get paid um, for reviewing these books, um, contrary to, you know, for what some people believe some people think because you know because they're getting this book for free or whatever that they're biased but my god there's they certainly are you know they do give honest feedback um and this is why we always say to any of the bloggers i mean at the end of the day a blog talk is a promotional tool but not everybody is always going to love every book it would be great if they did um but sadly sometimes they don't so we always say you know please come to us if you haven't enjoyed the book obviously we'll either see you know if we can get you some content instead um, but at the end of the day, a blog tour is and always will be a promotional per for p promotional purposes. So, you know, you're not going to want somebody on there that's unfortunately not liked a book. Um, so obviously we always make sure, try to avoid that. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, but all, you will find that bloggers, if the author 
at the end of the day, you know, just spends a little bit of time on social media, whether it be on Twitter, on Facebook, just interacting with the bloggers, thanking them. You'll find that, say, when your next book is due out, you know, no matter how busy the bloggers are, they will remember that you took the time out to thank them you know, and to just basically speak to them. Um, and I think that tends to work in your favour in the long run. How far ahead do you need to book in a blog tour? Because, I mean, you have these lovely sort of graphics that look like, um, you know, that have all the dates and the venues on. Um, yes. It must take time and everybody must need to coordinate diaries with all of this. Oh, yes, yes, definitely. So like, I think you have to, that's another thing with a blog, being a blogger, I think you have to be quite organised because, you know, I mean, I've approached bloggers that are like, you know, they're booked up for months in advance. Um, I mean, we tend to kind of like get in touch with ours, say, just around two months prior to the book coming out. Um, I mean, obviously, it depends on the publisher or the the author. I mean, I mean some authors, the books are already out there. Um, but they want a kind of like um, to create a buzz about it. So even though the book's maybe been out so many months or even a year, they organise these book tours, blog tours, um, just to kind of like drum up more interest in it, which, you know, which they, do, they can work. Do you feel exhausted by the end of them? I, I guess they're pretty intensive things, aren't they, these, these tours? They, oh they can be yeah when they're actually live i mean i feel sorry for the author <laughs> you know i'll always i'll always warn them and just say you know it's like the first day especially is like pretty manic because obviously they're getting tagged by lots of people like i said whether it be on facebook or on twitter so you know the notifications can just go absolutely mental um so yeah sometimes <laughs> i mean sometimes i'll have maybe you know a few that i'm organized and all going off at the same time and <laughs> sometimes you can literally be tearing your hair but it's, it's, it's a great part you know to be actually part of it and seeing the the reviews and seeing the author's responses to it it certainly makes it all worth a while now you alluded to this uh, a couple of moments ago you mentioned bloodhound books and i know that you work for bloodhound which is a, a publisher i'm particularly uh, interested in and following and i also have spoken to many of the authors from bloodhound books as well yes. so i seem to be coming back to you time and time again at bloodhound now what i'm interested to know is how how did you move from um, presenting and producing your own blog to then being approached by Bloodhound? Basically, it was, again, social media. Um, but it was just people getting to know you through, through the Facebook groups. Um, obviously, it was Betsy that kind of, like, started chatting and stuff. Um, and then it would just, you know, you, you see... I mean, it's kind of weird because I mean, it's like as much as I've loved books, some working with books or in publishing, it's just something that I never even dreamed was even possible, you know, as a teenager. Um, I just thought, to, obviously, to have a job in, in the book world, you had to literally write a book. Um, it's just I never something that you never kind of like thought about and even now it's like you know you look online to how to get to work for in a publishers or anything and there's not really a great deal for what kind of like qualifications or it's very low key and it's quite weird because obviously there's lots of publishers there's lots of jobs out there but there's not kind of kind of like when you're at school level or college it, it, it doesn't there's nowhere really pointing you what direction for what qualifications you need to be working on um to get into the industry um so I think, you know, I mean, luckily, you know, Betsy and Fred, the kind of like, you know, they're relatively new themselves. Um, and they, they want and they're looking for people that are very passionate about books, you know, that love them just as much as they do. Um, and I think it was just literally there was a status by somebody. And I think I kind of like just said, you know, oh, God, I'd love to be part of that world. And um, I think, obviously, Betsy should notice my blog. She'd seen, you know, quite a bit of me on the Facebook and um, saw how passionate I was. And she got in touch with me to say, you know, that um, how would I feel about, obviously, working for them? And it was like, you know, oh, dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And, and, and all those lovely thrillers, a constant supply of them, too. <laughs> oh, God, yes. <laughs> There's loads of them. <laughs> so what do you actually do? What is, what is the job with Bloodhound, then? What, what do you do for them? To start with, I was actually, for the first few months, I was their submissions advisor. Um, so I did that for the first few months. But because I've always been quite active on social media, um, a position came up for me to kind of like take over more of the, um, the publicist, well, doing the publicity. Um, so because obviously I've had experience firsthand because I was doing blog tours for lots of other authors and um, publishers anyway, um, it kind of like, I picked it up very easily. 
Um, so obviously I started obviously then organising all the blog tours for them, obviously shouting about any promotions. Um, so yeah, there's quite a varied. It's quite a varied role to be honest, um, but it's I love every part of it. Is there a particular style that Bloodhounds after? I would say obviously like crime books is obviously where. Um, they are certainly looking at. I mean, you'd be surprised. Obviously, people submit to them. Um, but, you know, you'll get all sorts of, like erotica and <laughs> stuff that certainly wouldn't fall into the type of books that they kind of like do. So, um, but yeah, I think the, the main the, there is a few different crime elements that they, they, they do look at. Obviously, they, they go for definitely a lot of the detective ones, the standalones. I think as long as the crime element is the main element in the book then that's fine. It's, it's when the crime is kind of like very low-key because um, obviously they are very much into the crime thrillers, so the more crime, the better, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, and they're doing amazing things, and this is why they've, they've come to my attention because um, as a kind of new style publisher, i.e. not they're not traditional, really, um, they're, they're doing... They're really making some waves, I think, in that genre, aren't they? It's quite incredible. Oh, God, yeah, definitely. In the short time that they've been around, they really are making waves, and I think they are definitely going to be a publisher that's going to be, you know, to be reckoned with, you know, which, if they're not already, they're certainly, um, authors are starting to take notice of them now, um, you know, and a lot more are wanting to kind of, like, get on board with them. Um, I mean, they are brilliant, and they're certainly going to be going places, definitely. They're only going to get bigger and better. And then in terms of um, sort of outreach work, do you do, you, uh, do the rounds at the festivals and things like that? Do you get involved in that at all? We do it. Festivals are very or hard to kind of like get your authors part of it. There tends to be a bit of um, a snobbery, I would say, at festivals. Um, they tend to like certain types of authors and trying to get, you know, your authors involved um, can be quite hard. But, I mean, we do certainly tend to go ourselves. Um, I mean, I been going to the Harrogate one and um, the crime the Theakston festival at Harrogate and um, I've done that two years running now and um, so you get to meet obviously a lot of authors and obviously other publishers and stuff and it's just getting your name out there um, and they're great to be part of and they're certainly worthwhile going to. Now the question that I must ask you having read all these crime books and being immersed in them is do you aspire to write a book yourself is it something you'd ever give a try? Oh, I did, when I was a teenager, go through a bit of a phase um, that, you know, I'd love to be an author. <laughs> and the type of book that I was writing then was the, um, oh, God, I'm trying to think of the name. It was the, it was the American, is it the Sweet Valley High? No, oh, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so which certainly wouldn't be a book, sort of the sort of book that I would tend to kind of like entertain reading nowadays, but they were the ones that I tried, but I could never even get past the first paragraph. So I just gave it up as um, a bad job. I'm a much better reader than I am a writer, definitely. Really, but is, there's no part of you sort of there thinking, I, I wish I could do this. Or you, are you really quite happy doing the, the reviewing and, and the consuming of the books? I mean, it would be, definitely be great to write a book, but I just don't think I've got it in me. I mean, I would end up probably just copying something that I've already read because, you, you know, you, you, you're kind of like thinking, oh, this would be a good idea. And then you remember that you've read it in a different book. And I'm like, how authors manage to come up with, you know, totally unique, you know, ideas or whatever. You know, I just I just don't know. There's no way that, that I could write, I don't think, a crime thriller because, I'm, I mean, I'm useless at guessing. Um, obviously, you know who the murderer is half the time, or you know, and I just think there's no way I, I, I could kind of like write a story that people probably wouldn't guess from page one <laughs> <laughs> who's behind it all. So no, I would definitely prefer just to stick to um, the reading, the reviewing. Well, I'll let you into a secret. You know, I I don't decide who's done the murder often until the end, and then I always think, well, if somebody says to me. Um, I've just done it tonight with the book I'm writing at the moment. You know, I've set let several people up and I've made the final call on it tonight. And um, so, so if somebody says to me, oh, I knew who did it from page one, I think, well, you, you're all right then, because I didn't know who did it from page one. You know, I hadn't made my own mind up. So that's that's how well, I... That, I would say that is a quite interesting, because obviously I always... Well, that's one question that I've always asked, to be fair, for a lot of authors is, you know had they decided on the killer from kind of like day one or is it something that kind of like as they were going through the story that's when they decided who it would be you know and it's like it always, that always fascinates me how you know they work out who it's going to be the, the one i've chosen tonight I, I i i i like this character really don't want them to be it but when i was going through all the 
the sort of the plots and things. I thought, it's going to have to be this person. I don't want it to be because I really like them and I wanted them to have a happy ending. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like you don't always get a happy ending, do you, sadly? You're not going to get one of this one, unfortunately. <laughs> but as the author, I'm disappointed. I, I don't want it to be this person. I, I want to, I'd got this idea of having a lovely, you know, a, a ending for them and it's not going to be there anymore. So even I'm disappointed with that one. <laughs> so, but, it oh, has but then to again, be there. If, if they're not expecting it, then that's usually, I think, kind of like sometimes makes the story... <laughs> Well, I think it's the last thing you'd expect, even me. But actually, when you look at all the pieces together, you think, Do you know what? that's how it has to be. It's got to be that way. That's the way this would work. So, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dispatch one of my characters, and I don't want to um, in the next couple of days. <laughs> so you, you've done amazing things, Sarah. Uh, you know, congratulations on the blog. And then you've, you've quite literally built yourself a career from, from this blog, which is just amazing. And, and the awards and everything you've done. And thank you very much for um, all the promotions you've done for me. I certainly you know, really appreciate it as a self-published author. What, what do you want to do next? What are your aspirations with this now? God, um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I mean, I never even thought that working in publishing was ever something that would was even possible anyway, to be honest. But, but the fact that I'm here now, um, kind of like, I think I'm probably where I want to be. I think the only thing is that, that obviously I want to grow my confidence. Um, I mean, like doing this is something I would probably never have dreamed of doing. Um, and I'm also... Um, chairing an event um, at Harrogate um, Library next month. One of the authors is a panel of seven authors, um, which I'm going to be, obviously, like I said, chairing that event, which, again, it's kind of like quite scared, but it's just, it's um, I'm kind of like pushing myself out there and doing things that make me nervous, to be honest. Mm. No, it's fantastic. Uh, You know, and I saw that you'd done that event, actually, that you were booked in for that event. And I was trying to find it before we spoke. And I thought, where did I see that? I saw that advertised somewhere. Um, But I mean, but, you know, this then you're in many respects, you're the perfect person to run panels at these things, too, aren't you? So so if you do push that a little bit, hmm, who knows? well, exactly. Yeah, that, then this is what I was thinking. And it's like, you know, when the author asked me, I was kind of like thinking, please let me have an excuse why I can't do it. <laughs> um, but then I was thinking, do you know what? No, this is like, it's kind of like the next step, really, to be progressing personally. So I think it's something that I definitely would love to do um, and, and do more of them, get more involved, because it's, you know, I mean, I did attend one not so long ago um, where it was three of our, the Bloodhound books author, um, as well as I think it was Ahmed Dan, I can't remember if I say his name properly, Ahmed Dan, is it, the, um, the Bradford author? Um, and they did this panel and my god getting into their minds which is it was just absolutely fascinating that's fantastic sarah i'm going to end it there thank you very much for speaking to us today oh thank you very much for having me thank you for listening to this week's self-publishing journeys if you enjoyed the show please consider sharing it with your indie author friends or you can leave a review on itunes stitcher or whichever podcast directory you use In the meantime, you'll find previous interviews and all the show notes at selfpublishingjourneys.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll have more great self-publishing tips for you next week.